Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. This is going to get in the way. Why is there so much stuff? Okay, Darla. What? It's your turn to light Jesus. Is this still the best way we're doing no, it? No, we're doing it with that, remember? Yep. We have a barbecue lighter now. We upgraded. We are recording. Oh, that's good. Okay. Jesus has been lit. Thank Jesus. You. Thank you, Jesus. Hi, I'm Darla. Hi, I'm Kezia. Welcome back to Radio Face Stories. The podcast. That we tell you about stories. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is what we And do. then we cheers. It's a red wine day. And we drink. So I think um I think it's appropriate for me to tell my joke now that Rebecca cut out once before. She might cut it out twice though. Let's but, try. Okay, let's see if it makes it this time. Knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting doctor. Interrupting. You've got COVID. That is <laughs> Based on Jen's reaction, we're gonna keep that joke in. Wait, no one knows that she's here yet. Oh shit. That's okay. I love that joke. I love that joke. I love that you taught my children that joke <laughs> six months ago, and it wasn't as appropriate. And now they tell it. And they Do they tell, tell it? it? They told it to my dad. Asher told it to my dad, and he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, so tonight we have another special guest on. Darla, would you like to talk about our guest? I would love to talk about our guest. Um, she is a dear, dear friend of mine, and her name is Jennifer... I know Jen. Uh, we used to live, we used to be sort of neighbors, a few houses away, uh, and she has children, like I have children, and so we bonded over <laughs> children, children, and you your know. children were friends. Mm-hmm. Our children were friends, and we are friends, and our husbands are friends. And I met Jen um, oh, through Darla. Yeah. yeah, we did a couple trick or treating years, and. <laughs> She's awesome. Darla picks the coolest people to be friends with. Of course, you'd say that. You're my friend. (laughs) (laughs) But they have a certain kind of humor, and that's why... um, That's why you always always get along with my friends. Yeah, well, Jen is on our level of funny. She's probably a lot smarter than us. Oh, she's definitely a lot smarter than us. (laughs) Um, So I had to go drop the mic off to her, so I went past your old house. Oh, yeah, how's it look? It looks like shit. Thank you. I'm just kidding. It's no, no, you're no, not. No, it's not. I was actually gonna make a joke and say that it was like all overgrown and it looks like they're not taking care of it. But it but wasn't it, funny because it's true. It's no, it's fine. <laughs> it looks fine. No, I like I, Jen's telling me oh, right now. Oh, maybe that we'll hear it from Jen then. You're full of shit. But um, I crept by real slow because I wanted to get a good look and mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it's, it looks. Did, fine. What, did it look homey and um, inviting like when we lived? Yeah. There? Okay. Well, maybe actually, the grass is. The grass is gross. Well, you know what? Grass was never our strong suit, so that's okay. <laughs> we'll let that slide. I just want to say that when I first moved back to Nanaimo, I lived with Darla in that house uh-huh. downstairs. Sure did. <laughs> and I just have to tell the story about Maya. Okay. So, um, when uh, Maya would so be five. Five, wow. So she, at school, told her teacher oh. 
that. So I lived with Darla for about nine months, like through your, no, was it that long? Yeah, through your pregnancy with Asher and then until he was like six months old. Six months old or yeah. something. Yeah. Anyways, Maya told her teacher at school that there was a crazy lady living in the basement. Yes, she did. <laughs> and when D- Darla went to pick her up from school, she was very concerned. They pulled me aside because Maya kept saying that she has a crazy, crazy Aunt Kezia in the basement. And they'd never heard me talk about anybody, an aunt coming or anything like that. And so they finally had to say, like, Maya keeps talking about crazy people in your basement. You know, is this, like, is there something we should know or is everything okay? And I'm like, what are you talking Like, I didn't even put together that it was you that she was talking about until the teacher tried to say your name. But I guess learning your name through a, f- a, a five-year-old. five-year-old. <laughs> she was only, yeah, she was even young. Yeah, four or five-year-old at the time. She was like, like, I don't want to say key, like, crazy key. Like, she was saying something so weird before I figured it out. I'm like, oh, Kezi. I'm like, yeah, totally. She lives in our basement. I'm like, but she's not crazy. She's okay. She's okay. She's, okay. she's just my friend. She's just my friend. <laughs> but I wonder what it was about me that made Maya say that. I think or... we referred to you as Crazy Aunt Kez, like, oh, living okay. in the house. Like, I think you even maybe said that. Yeah. And, like, that's, <laughs> she, kids just tell it like it is, right? They just. It's funny. And then I actually had to go pick her up from school one day so I finally met the teacher she didn't say anything but I knew I was like yeah this is the crazy aunt picking her up I should have played into it I should have like (laughs) ran in there had like your shirt on backwards (laughs) my hair all also we had a because the basement used to the room used to be part of the suite and so there was a lock on the outside and the kids I think more than once locked you in your own bedroom that's right they and did. you'd have to phone me for me to like find you and let you out of the, yeah your bedroom. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I crawled out of the bedroom window a couple times because it was kind of ground level I also remember Pat and I lighting fireworks and dropping them out our kitchen window because your bedroom window was below the kitchen and dropping the fireworks outside right. your window to scare you it was like a screecheroo and some other things. <laughs> you, I'm really assholes. glad you lived with us. That I know was that was fun. fun. It we was really fun. Beer pong on the back deck and met the yeah. neighbors. That's right. <laughs> Remember that one guy that was like dressed in camo and he like climbed and sat in the tree? Yeah, we have odd neighbors on that street. <laughs> like the Seppers? Yeah. No, we're not <laughs> supposed to say that. Just kidding. <laughs> the um, Seppers are the best part of that street for sure. Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. M- miss them. Okay, we're going to play a quick round of Rock, Paper, Funny movie? Yeah. Rock, rock paper, paper, train spotting. <laughs> train spotting is not a funny movie. That movie's fucked. You lose. <laughs> it's the first one that came to mind. <laughs> that movie's hilarious, Kezia. Okay, if you're really you twisted. Would. Okay, ready? Rock, rock paper, paper, pitch super perfect. Bad. Super bad is amazing. Uh, so is pitch perfect. Not quite as amazing. I could acapella you under the table. Uh, you're right. Pitch, <laughs> pitch Perfect is pretty amazing. You know what I was thinking of? The one with Jimmy Fallon. He's in baseball. Oh, I got a good one. I was thinking one of more. Ready? Jesus, same same yeah, genre? I got one. Ready? Oh, shit. Ready? Yeah. Rock, rock paper, paper, Zoolander. Ace Ventura. Yeah. Oh. Ace is classic, though. That's a hard one to beat, especially at Jim Carrey's face. His no face. one's got a face like him. Okay. So, guys. Wait. I just want to say something. Sorry. Okay. You, did you, there's a TV show on, I don't remember what. But Ace Ven- or Jim Carrey's in it, but he's like it's like a super serious role. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's new. A show? Yeah, he's Not a like movie. A, he's like a, no, it's it's like a series. He's like no. a detective, and it was like super fucking gruesome. I didn't get to watch much because there's kids around. I have to stop it. But well, remind me, I wanted to share you guys this because I the only reason I stopped on it because it was Jim Carrey's face, but he was like old and haggard and like mm. a serious role. So it's 
might be really interesting. Is that what he looks like now? Yeah, I'll, I'll show you afterwards. Old and haggard? Old and haggard. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. Okay, so um, we're going to bring in our, our next guest here. And um, welcome to the podcast, Jen. Hi. How Hi. are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so impressed by what your podcast blanket cave looks like oh <laughs> our blanket cave it is a podcast you know what it's cave. cozy in here though it we, looks yeah. cozy you have a variety of wines um this is our cool label collection we only have two right now i have one more upstairs actually did you see it i put it on our instagram stories it's a walking dead zombie label yeah and that is cool as soon as i drink it i'll bring it down here that's my, that's my <laughs> big plan your, you've got your work cut out for you yeah <laughs> So, Jen, why don't you give us a little introduction about you and how you came on here? <laughs> really simple. I was like, dude, you need to be a guest. The end. Yeah. I I mean, there's a few things that Darla skimmed over that I think it's really important that we touch on. Let's do it. <laughs> and that's that Darla and I met because we were neighbors and we actually swore a blood oath that neither of us would ever move off the street. Oh, yeah. shit. And Darla, Darla, do you still live down the street from me? I, I mean, it's a little further than down the street now. It's not far. It, I was thinking about it last night because I remember I was, your mom knew how upset I was going to be and everyone was afraid to tell me. And I think I took it like a champ. No, she Maybe didn't. not. Do you know what she said <laughs> to okay, me? Okay, wait. But I have a question. A blood oath. Did you guys cut your, your hands and then like do the shake with blood? It was more of an unofficial blood oath. Yeah, it was more of a, a wine oath, but we called it a blood oath. It's It was same. like, if you break the oath, there will be blood. Oh, that yes. kind of a blood oath. Also that. So Jen didn't handle it like a trooper. And, okay, so I eventually d- knew that we were moving and I had to tell them. So I remember she was in Were you scared to yeah, tell I was, her? I was terrified, and I'm not even kidding. And she was in my kitchen, and I said, I have something I need to talk to you about. And she like looked at me and I was like, just say it. I, we're moving. And then there was this really strange pause. And she'd be like, I would be less upset if you told me you were cheating with my husband. <laughs> that is what she said to me. Aww. I was that is devastating. Truth. I was the- so upset. <laughs> I was remembering the day that we helped you move and we were driving... I was with your mom and she was driving and we were driving from our place to your new place. And I was like, see, Bonnie, what did I tell you? Like, it's super far. This is taking forever. She's like, oh, no, hon. It only feels far because it's dark out. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. That That is so something my mom would say. (laughs) Aw. But it worked for a minute. Do you miss miss them? Um, We miss them terribly and the kids miss them terribly just the other day my oldest was saying every time we drive past there I, I look to see if Darla and the kids are home and that's then I so sad they don't live there <laughs> and it's been like almost two years now no yeah. a year yeah. and a half really yeah, yeah year and just, a half. just long enough for me to start a feud with the children that currently live in the house <laughs> yeah, are there Jen kids in that house now <laughs> Jen doesn't okay get so tell us them. tell us honestly what's the house sitch like on the outside. So, sorry, just for to clarify, the house we moved out of that's on, still on the same street where Jen lives, we still have we rent that house house out now. So that's why we're we're talking about it. Yes. It's still ours. Yes. yes. It's not so bad, is it? Um, I mean, it's not it's not the worst. 
I, I had a I had a fight with the kids, and I'm not willing to let it go yet. And it was last year, but other than that, it seems okay. Are they little Are they little shits? Do I need to go over there? Yeah, you might. I uh, I caught them trying to climb over a fence. Like I saw them, they were like looked like they were trying to kick the fence down, and I was worried that they were jumping into a neighbor's yard. They the neighbors had their yard set up for a wedding. I thought, oh, those little monsters are going to go in there and trash the setup. So I went down there and I said, hey, what are you guys doing? They're like, kicking down a fence? What's it to you? And I was like, <laughs> get out of here. And then they're like, we're, well, we're leaving. And I said, great, so am I. And then I was walking down the road. They were just a couple of feet behind me. And one of them said, this is bullshit. And then the other one said, you can't say shit in front of an old lady. And oh. then I, re- I realized they meant me. <laughs> That was fighting words. I would have snapped that kid like a twig. He'd break his back like a Kit Kat. <laughs> yeah, Just kidding. I would never snap a kid like a twig. Those kids, yeah, that's that is unfortunate. And I am sorry that we don't. And I we miss you guys so much because half of like we would plan things with them all the time. But then our best times were when it would just be like. You know, I was about to do some weeding in my front yard, and then Jen would walk by, and we'd end up sitting on the driveway and drinking. When were you ever about to weed your well, front yeah. yard? Yeah, Jen, <laughs> let's be honest. That one time I was. One time. Until you, I was going to that one time, and then you walked by, and we ended up and drinking so, in my driveway. And so the, the moral of the story is you never ended up weeding, no, I even and had you've never shoe. weeded in I, your life. I had special shoes for it, and they never got what worn. Are special mom, weeding her shoes? Her mom had bought her special shoes. Weeding What's, shoes. What does this weeding shoe look like? I think it's like? because I said, I can't do yard work. My shoes are too nice. And so then mom bought me shoes to do yard work in. Did and they I, have flowers on them? No, they're like, they're horrid. They're awful. And, Gross. But do now they're my driveway drinking shoes because <laughs> of Jen. <laughs> yeah. I want to get some weeding shoes. Do you have weeding shoes, Jen? I don't I don't weed my front yard either. See? So no. No, Dar- neither does Darla, <laughs> no, apparently. Neither does Darla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we miss them terribly. So that's how. Uh, and Darla and I also bonded over our love of podcasts. Yes. So we, we talked about that a lot. So I was so excited when you guys started this and so excited to be on it. And Aww. it was you, Jen, that actually introduced me to some of the podcasts that I love the most and even got into any of this. So this is all because of you, all of this. That's true. I, I, know, I know. In a roundabout way, <laughs> this all started with you. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Hey, but we're really happy to have you, and um, yeah. I'm excited to hear what you brought us today. Me too. Okay. So, this is the story of the disappearance of Granger Orman Taylor. Have you guys ever heard of this? No. Say his name again. Granger Orman Taylor. Ooh, cool. Yeah. So, this wasn't something I'd ever heard of before, this case of his disappearance, Um, but there is a ton of stuff online. So for sources, I looked at Mysteries of Canada website, tons, tons of stuff in the Times Colonist. CBC actually aired a documentary about this guy last year. There's a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of those are kind of sketchy. And there is also (laughs) a Vice article called The Man Who Went to Space and Disappeared. Whoa. I'm Freaky. stoked for this. <laughs> Wait, small time out. I need to pour some more wine. I'm going to crack my beard. What kind of beer do you have, Katia? It's called a it's Spectrum. It's a hot pink lemonade sour. I'm all about the sours what? these days. Do you like yeah. sour beers? Yeah. 
I know. Can I see the label? Is it a... Oh, I like that. Do you want to um, try it? I'm just sipping a tasty box of wine. <laughs> Charla brought the whole asked. box down tonight. <laughs> Jen, what are, you, what are you drinking? Oh, thanks for asking. I'm drinking gazpacho. <laughs> oh, what, wait, what's that? Just a fresh cup of soup. Just a fresh cup of chilled soup. <laughs> it's cold soup? <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah, I took the box of wine. You can't just come in here. We're recording Darla a podcast. Darla got in trouble for taking the box of wine. You son of a bitch. What if we were professionals? I don't care if you're recording or not. Pat! Just take it. We're in the, we're in the middle of a very what, important story. I wish story. you could see what he's doing. It was that important to you? You couldn't wait till our story was done? Yeah, Pat. We had flow. Darla, wait. To be fair, would you have waited till his story was done? I'd be pissed he took the wine. Pat doesn't have any stories. Pat doesn't have stories. Sick burn. Bye. Bye, Pat. If you didn't hear that sick burn, he'll have to listen to the podcast to hear it. Amazing. He'll have to stay um, awake until this far in, though. But anyway. Oh, this gazapo or whatever that cold gazpacho. soup came out her nose. Gazpacho all over gazpacho. the screen. Gazapo. I did a spit take with my gazpacho. Straight out the nose. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Wait, there was a story happening. There was a story happening. Here we go. Okay, let's hear it. Ranger Orman Taylor. He's born in Duncan, October 7th, 1948. Um, back in the day, Duncan, kind of similar to what it was now, super industry-based. So lots of fishing, logging, all that kind of good stuff. When he's a little baby, he loses his father in a drowning accident on Horn Lake. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, his family had a cabin there, apparently. Um, so his father drowns in Horn Lake. Uh, when he's little, when he's two, his mom gets remarried, and she marries a guy that has some kids of his own. They have some kids, so they have this big family. So even when he's really young... Granger's kind of quiet, he's a little withdrawn, he's kind of shy, but he has this amazing ability to take things apart and put them back together. He's super mechanically gifted. So he's growing up in the 50s. He gets to about grade eight and then um, has a hard time making friends, doesn't really fit in, drops out of school. But because he's so crazy gifted, with mechanics and building things. He quickly gets an apprenticeship. He does that for a little bit of time. And then from the time he's a teenager, he's self-employed. He built a car, so he totally made over a car. Yeah, that's that's not even the beginning. He got his hands on this bulldozer that all of the other heavy-duty mechanics in the area couldn't fix. And as a teenager, completely took it apart, put it all back together again. It's amazing. What? That's cool. Wow. Then, and this is cool because we should go see this. He found in the forest, he was out wandering around, and he found a train that had been abandoned in the 1930s during the Great Depression. Had like trees growing through it. It had been out in the woods for, well, since the 1930s. So he takes the engine, like the locomotive, somehow gets it out of the bush and back to his family's farm. So his family lives on this great big 20-something acre farm just outside of Duncan. Completely refurbishes it. It ends up being purchased by the provincial government because he's done such an amazing job. It tours the province so everyone can have a look. And then it's in the Forestry Museum in Duncan. What? Oh, that's so cool. And I think it's still there. He also, 
He refurbished a Kitty Hawk airplane by himself. So like, so like when most teenage boys were just building model airplanes with glue and paints, this guy was refurbishing real ones. Yeah. What a legend. Like everyone just said that he could literally fix anything. He just had this unbelievable talent kind of borderlining on genius. Um, And the other thing that I thought was kind of neat was the whole time that he's doing all of this, it was also sort of kids would hang around and watch him and help him and teenagers. Like it was always the sort of hub of activity on the farm. All these kids just hanging out with this kind of awkward, shy, but really lovely guy. So by the time he's kind of grown up-ish, he's like six foot something he's huge like six foot something 230 40 pounds like he's this big husky kind of giant of a man but just really (laughs) shy and sweet like if you see pictures he looks just like Seth Rogen like the chubby cheeks and the curly hair like he just has the loveliest face just like a big teddy bear like a big teddy bear yeah like a big shy awkward but friendly teddy bear so that takes us to kind of like the 1970s and everyone's starting to go crazy for aliens and ufos so like star wars has come out star trek has come out there's all of this talk about aliens at roswell and then in 1969 i saw a couple this was written down in a couple of places there was a ufo sighting outside the hospital in duncan There was a bunch of nurses that saw, they all saw the same thing. It was outside the children's ward in Duncan. They saw bright lights. Darla, stop making that face. They saw. (laughs) I know, right? Darla doesn't believe in anything. There's a bunch of bright lights. A bunch of people around town saw it. So this sort of really tweaked, I guess, Granger's interest in it. Okay, so, just just yeah. for a second, Darla. What could what else would that be? Do you think, as a skeptic here, you mean the lights in the sky? Yeah, and they oh, saw I... they saw a spaceship, like a, basically a flying, hovering thing, and they said that they could see two humanoid-looking figures inside of it. Oh wow! So it had like a like a skylight, like a mm-hmm. moon. What are those? What are the roofs? Like of a your windshield? Car? Are you looking for windshields? <laughs> <laughs> they had a fucking windshield of this fancy UFO. They have so to what, see where they're uh, going, Darla. I don't so what, think it so what, works so like that. So what was it? Do I don't think? know. Uh, let me see. These nurses, did they just finish a long night shift? Perhaps they, they all retired? hallucinated the same thing. How many nurses? I think the article that I read said it was three. And then there were other people in different parts of Duncan. That also saw it? That all saw like a bright flashing light or all sorts of other things. Okay. okay. I have nothing else to say. Proceed, okay. please. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on then, shall we? Uh, so... <laughs> Depending on which article you read, the Vice article talks a lot about this. So we're in sort of the late 70s. Granger's smoking a fair amount of marijuana, perhaps dabbling with a little bit of LSD. It's not really confirmed. He also starts this friendship with this 15-year-old kid, sort of like a troubled teen that Granger's taken under his wing, and this kid's helped him work on a couple of his projects. So Granger tells his friends, he's like, hey, great news, I'm gonna build a spaceship. So what? he... <laughs> so he starts hauling all these bits of scrap metal from the dump. He welds it all together, and you can see pictures of it. It is like a life-sized spaceship. Amazing. Life-sized spaceship. I- I'm just gonna say, I would have been all about that had given the opportunity to build a spaceship with someone well his friends seemed like they were super into it because he was just such a nice guy 
and just kind of this quiet, quiet, shy, quiet, this, this lovely man. People liked to be around him. So no one thought it was weird that he was building this spaceship. So inside the spaceship, he had a couch so he could sleep in there. He had a fireplace so he could stay nice and toasty. He had a TV. And then he started spending like fairly significant amounts of time in his spaceship, which is where things start to become a little problematic. Like, like, Like he became obsessive, kind of? He spent a lot of time in there. His friend's name was Robert Keller. His and his friend, I think, still lives on Vancouver Island. He's in his 50s now. And he said that he just spent a lot of time in there thinking about, like, how the spaceship could fly, how the alien spaceships could fly. Mm-hmm. And because he had this crazy genius brain, it didn't seem strange to anyone because they'd seen him build all of these things on his own. He just figured them out. So they just sort of thought he was applying his brain to this other thing. Okay. He ultimately is just built, like, a really cool man cave that he's going to take the fuck right out of this atmosphere and man cave himself up by Mars. He wasn't crazy. He never said he was going to fly that UFO because that had a wood stove in it, Darla. Use your head. Okay, hey. Oh, sorry. Now, that that was out of the norm. My bad, you guys. So once he finished it, so he was probably in his like early 30s by then. So time has gone on. Um, so he's finished his spaceship. He's spending a ton of time in there thinking about aliens, smoking pot, thinking about aliens some more, trying to figure out how the space travel thing would work. And then around October in 1980, he talks to two of his close friends So one of them is the kid, Robert Keller, who's probably 16. So there's a big age difference, but not in a weird way. So he confides in his friends that he has figured out a way to connect psychically with aliens and that they've invited him to go on a trip through the Milky Way. Whoa. (laughs) So. That's cool. If that came out of nowhere, people would think it was weird, but his friends didn't not believe him because they kind of looked at him as this like eccentric genius. And Keller said, if anyone could have figured out a way to do it, it was Granger. And even though he had been smoking all of this pot and a couple of the people that had been on the farm said he was starting to do a lot of acid at this point as well. (laughs) (laughs) They said he'd never had a bad trip. Like he never acted weird. He was always calm and great to be around. But it's fair to say that he's perhaps slipping into some sort of delusion. Perhaps. Or maybe tapping into something. Perhaps both. Well, we'll get to it at the end, but there's a whole bunch of theories about what happened to him. Because his friends also thought that maybe because of the LSD, he was just having some really lucid dreams. But either way, they thought it was harmless. He didn't sound like a raving lunatic. He just sounded like himself, just sharing that he made a psychic connection with some aliens and they'd invited him on a trip. That old story, yeah. (laughs) So uh, he also said to them, he said, you know, we've got this plan. We're ready to go. The night that they're going to come for me is going to have to be uh, like a lot of rain or a stormy night or something because they're, they're going g- to need to mask when they come into the atmosphere. Because Whoa. of their very clear windshield. Okay, wait. Are they going to come for him and take him with them or take? Yeah. Or he's going to take his own spaceship? No. 
um, his spaceship doesn't fly. Okay. So they are going to come pick him up. Okay, cool. Uh, November 29th. 1980. Unbelievably stormy night. It was called the storm of the century in Duncan. Yeah, Darla. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm glad you saw that. Uh, I could just see her face and you can't, so. I'm I'm just listening. Oh, I know you are. taking in all the facts, guys. I I can hear your face, Darla, even when you're not. (laughs) It's making a humming noise. (laughs) Like a mm, mm, mm. It's like a squeak. It's it's her eyebrows squeezing together in the middle as she scowls. I'm sorry. Proceed, please. Hurricane force winds, lightning, powers going down all over the island, mainly in Duncan. So the last place he's seen is a place called Bob's Grill. It was his favorite place to eat. It was like a little diner. So he goes in there. He eats dinner around 6 o'clock, and he takes off. Off, off into the storm, driving. He had a little Datsun truck. So off he goes in his little Datsun. So the morning after the storm, his mom, and this is really sad, was taking her first solo vacation that she'd ever taken, you know, away from her family and kids. So she was in Hawaii when this happened. She wasn't here. And the dad gets up in the morning and there's a note pinned to his door. And it says, Dear Mother and Father, I have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship as recurring dreams assured a 42-month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe and then return. I'm leaving behind all my possessions to you, and I, as I will no longer require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. What? And then he left his wills because he had So two wait, wills. he was taken off forever with the aliens. He, he didn't say forever, though. Well, he said 42 he- months, but as we all know, especially Darla... Time moves a little differently once you're in outer space, right? I was I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> so he left these wills behind, but he'd gone through, and everywhere it said death, he'd crossed it out and wrote departure. So that was that. They looked everywhere. He had left on the back of the note. There was a map of um, I can't remember the name of the mountain, a nearby mountain. So they thought that was a clue. They searched through there. They looked everywhere. And there was, there was not a trace. They, wow. they couldn't find the truck. They couldn't find a body. Super difficult time for the family. It went on for years. I read in one article that uh, his parents always left the back door unlocked in case he came home so that he would always Aww. be able to get into the house. So in 1983, which is 42 months from when he disappeared, his stepbrother um, was actually part of the Coast Guard. So on June 29th, his brother was stationed on a ship somewhere, and he spent the whole night on the deck of the ship with a telescope, just like kind of hoping that he might see something, that it was the end of the 42 months, and that his his half-brother was coming back. Yeah, it's really sad. (laughs) But uh, spring 1986, a blast site was discovered outside of Duncan, so it was on Mount Prevost, which I've never heard of, which wasn't far from his parents' house. They found two bone fragments. They found what looked like it could have been pieces of his truck. And then they also found some small scraps of clothing. So DNA testing, it was kind of a thing, but it wasn't available in this case. They didn't have access to it on Vancouver Island, so they never tested the bone, the two pieces of bone. His mom, who was still alive at the time, she's passed away since, she confirmed that the pieces of shirt were the same material. She had sewed him a shirt 
shortly before he went shortly before he disappeared and she confirmed that that was the material of his shirt Um, sorry where is this mountain Mount Prevost. It's just outside of Duncan. Okay. I don't think it's a mountain mountain. It's like like a hill. Do you think the spaceship crashed there? It didn't get far? Well, their windshield was fogged up. Maybe they didn't have windshield wipers invented on their spaceships yet. Or they'd blown off. They'd blown off. On entry. Entry into the atmosphere. That's right. I heard that gets hot. (laughs) Maybe it melted. No, they've got fire protection on their spaceships. Alien varnish. (laughs) Do you think they have alien like UFO insurance for these kind of no, situations? No, Darla. Okay, fine. That's They're too al- far. <laughs> Fuck. I think life insurance. Life insurance. No, I was thinking like auto insurance. <laughs> ship insurance. Flying saucer insurance. Ship Put in a claim. They call it shipshare.com. Shipshare. <laughs> Trademarked. Oh, stupidity at its finest right here, guys. These are real questions, okay? Yeah. Continue. Sorry. I'm taking them super seriously. Thank you. Thank you. So based on <laughs> circumstantial evidence found at the site, BC Coroner report declared the cause of death as massive injuries due to an explosion. Whoa. And the date of his death was listed as November 30th, 1980. So they backdated it from the day he disappeared, basically. So YouTube is wild. There's all sorts of different different theories. So some people think that he kind of changed his identity and disappeared. And that was sort of Keller, who was the young guy that was friends with him. He said that when they were building the spaceship, he said that Granger talked a lot about how easy it would be for him to just change his identity and move to a different country. So that but was why sort of would he want to do that? Like, what's the motive there? Well, yeah. I think from what I read, just because he didn't, he didn't really fit in anywhere. So they kind of, so maybe he could go start a new life in Argentina but I think I read somewhere that he the police were monitoring his bank account and also his passport and there was no activity so So that theory is out the window in order for him to have died in an explosion he would have had to be in something that exploded which uh reminds me that I forgot to tell you something oh (laughs) cool Uh, There was an explosion, and what probably caused the explosion was he had access to a ton of dynamite on his family's farm because they used it for blowing up stumps and, like, clearing the land. So he had access to dynamite. He's got some sisters and half-sisters. They believe he committed suicide. Um, They both, when they were interviewed, they both had examples of, like, how lonely he was. And one of them you know, said that he just spent a lot of time by himself and just a lot of time thinking and he was lonely and that she wished that she'd put more effort into spending time with him and that that's a big regret of hers. Uh, Keller, who was his friend for years, uh, he either believes that he chose to disappear, so he's in Argentina somewhere. He also says, though, that if anyone was going to be abducted by aliens... Or taken away by aliens, he thinks Granger would have been an amazing choice, and in his heart, he kind of doesn't rule it out. But there's a quote that I found that he said in the documentary. He said uh, about his friend that whether he went into space or if he died in the explosion, he believes he will never see his friend again. So some people think that maybe it was a su- that it was a planned suicide, and that he wrote the note to kind of spare his family. 
Some people think that maybe he was a little bit deluded from all of the LSD and that he genuinely thought he was going to go meet the aliens and then something terrible happened with the dynamite. What do you think, Jen? I don't know. I'd like to think that the aliens came and picked him up. Some of the theories on YouTube were that he actually had been hired either by the U.S. or the Canadian government by some outlet of the Secret Service. And he couldn't tell his family where he was going because he was going to be working on top secret plans. Ooh. Cool. Not a lot of evidence to support that. Well, <laughs> that's what that's what happens when they're working for the CIA. There when is no for evidence. The CIA. There was a guy called Tyler Hooper, and he's a writer. He worked on the Spaceman documentary. That's what the CBC documentary is called. So he researched it for four years. He wrote this incredibly touching article, and it's on the CBC website. And he said, like, his theory is that Granger was this, you know, incredibly gifted, really kind, but really awkward and really isolated person that just really, really wanted to fit in. And at some point, he just kind of got tired of trying to fit in, you know, in Duncan, where at the time probably wasn't an easy place to fit in if you were a bit of a misfit. And then he just kind of poured his heart into imagining himself Aww. living in outer space or living somewhere else. That's so sweet. Like as an escape. Yeah. yeah. I like but he that. says, he says, whatever the reasons, I believe Taylor was convinced extraterrestrials had chosen him to fulfill a greater universal purpose, something that far exceeded anything he could accomplish on our planet. And my gut tells me that this was Taylor's thinking the night he disappeared and that he perished on that mountainside in a fiery explosion. And that is the disappearance of Granger Taylor. I can see why it's funny and sad. I feel I feel the sad. I feel the sad. I feel the sad. I feel sad right now. He seems like such a sweet guy and being neurodiverse and trying to fit in and that is exhausting. And I, yeah, that's a... You know what? If he's with the aliens right now and that's where he's meant to be, that's good on him. Maybe his spirit's with the aliens. I read one place that said that his mom, his mom passed away a few years ago, but that she believed that he was picked, that she, she had said to people that she believed that he was picked up and that he was off doing amazing things in some other part of the universe. I'd like Aww. to believe that. Yeah, me too. By the way, I wanted to say how I think the name Granger is super fucking cool, yeah. actually. I've thought that like 36 times this episode so far. Yeah. That's, what, that's it, all Darla took from this episode. I was like, Granger? <laughs> I was like, I'd, name, I'd say his name's Granger. I'd call him Gray. I was thinking all those things. It is a cool so name. I really like that. What we know for sure, Granger is a cool name. Yes. I think the locomotive is still in the Forestry Museum. And aliens are real. Yes. Uh... Jen, Jen, (laughs) raise your hand if you think aliens are real. I do. Oh, that's two against one, Darla. That that means shit. That means that you lose. Does it? Yeah, it's like best of three. Oh, that's not how that works. It's called rock, scissor, paper, Darla's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that. We should play that game. Seriously, what a great story that we chose. And we haven't had an alien abduction no. story i don't believe that's we cool well we haven't done, done any alien stories that's very cool thank you jen jen yeah. uh, bring I'm, in the bring in the a game the alien game the Ray. alien game that actually makes me there? want to research more alien stories i know same okay jen know. do you have do you have something like a cool little little side project to talk about or something fun 
that you're working Fire. on or like or a funny story horror, about the neighbor's hedge dying or parent, something? Parent horror stories? I'm sure you have a thousand of those. Oh, God, I have so many, but my mind is... Yeah, that's what happens when it's, we throw you really under... Hard. I have a joke about an elephant, if that's Yes, please. Tell well, it. we'll tell you at the end if it is. So how do you catch an elephant? Um, so step one, dig a gigantic hole that's big enough for an elephant to fit inside. A nice deep hole. Then you take all of the ashes from your fireplace and you dump them, dump them in the pit. Okay. Then you take some peas, not peanuts, which peas. most people think. Peas. <laughs> and you put them in a little circle all around the side of the hole. And then when the elephant goes to take a pee, you kick him in the ash hole. (laughs) (laughs) My stepdad told my kids that joke when they were really little and... It's they didn't get it. Favorite. No, they they were absolutely delighted. I love that joke. That's a good Thank fucking you. joke. That reminds me of Asher's favorite joke, which is That's also my favorite joke. What? <laughs> what about the walrus? Oh, that's another good. He's got two I remember he yeah, burned you with the walrus. Yeah, he talked burned about, me with the walrus. But he also talked about what did the elephant say to the naked man? What? How do you breathe out of that thing? That's Asher's <laughs> second favorite joke. And when you, when a little like six year old says it, when he has he's got no front teeth and shit, and he says that joke, dead serious, it's the best thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> that was a fantastic story. That was a great story. And like Thanks I said, for joining us on yeah, that. it was different from anything we've had, which is the best part. Will you that's, come back? Well, that's the best part about having yes. guests. I feel like they're gonna bring something well, that we would never think about. It's a different dynamic, and yeah. this and they bring some intelligence that we <laughs> that we lack. Okay, cool. Well. Let's do a let's do a little goodbye cheers. Cheers your gazpacho if there's any left. How's your cold soup? Is it still cold? Is it it's dirt? Does it taste like dirt? It looks like she enjoyed it. Darla, cheers. Her cheers. Cheers, cheers to you, bud. And Jen, we're gonna let you blow out oh, the Jesus you get to candle. Blow Jesus. Ready? One, yeah. two, three. Oh my nice. God. Whoa, who knew you could blow through screens? You blow so hard. You blew Jesus through a screen. <laughs> As is proper. <laughs> Jen, thank you so much. It was really lovely having thank you. Thank you for having me. I would come back anytime. This was so much fun. For sure. <laughs> Jeb less. Um, <laughs> well, happy night. Happy, happy night. <laughs> what the fuck are you? <laughs> As people definitely say. <laughs> Goodbye. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.